Hi guys and welcome to another episode of the Med Locket. Today I am joined by two of my classmates, Judy and Patrick. They are both students, non-traditional students, who already had a doctorate degree when they started medical school. So I decided to invite them on here to share their journeys with you guys, add perspective to your own journey, and hopefully just share some tips that you can use um, as you pursue the path that you're meant to be on. Um, so I'm gonna be quiet and let them introduce themselves. So Judy, um, tell us a little bit about yourself starting with college years. Okay, um, so I went to the University of Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania and um, decided that I was going to be going into pharmacy school, so that's my doctorate degree. Um, so I actually went into pharmacy school knowing that I wanted to do medicine eventually. Um, and so I did pharmacy school and then graduated in 2015 and then um, practiced for a few years um, in the retail sector and then decided to actually follow through on pursuing medicine. Okay, how about you, Patrick? So, uh, Patrick Carey, like uh, Maria said, thank you for having us on, by the way. Um, so, I grew up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, um, where I went to college as well, at Louisiana State University. Uh, I majored in biological sciences with a minor in chemistry, which was cool. Um, and I went into college wanting to do an MD and PhD, um, thinking that I would go straight from college to an MD-PhD program. Uh, but based on how my college years went, that's not exactly how uh, where life took me. Um, but I ended up, after graduating college, doing some research uh, for about three years uh, in the area of cancer. I became very interested in cancer research, which really led me down the path of pursuing my PhD at Morehouse School of Medicine in Atlanta. Um, and it was during my PhD that I got some unique experiences that definitely confirmed that I want to continue in medicine. Uh, which led me to Wake Forest of all places. Uh, so I've been here and I'm now in my second year, about to finish up my second year of medical school. And it's been uh, one uh, journey. Okay, okay. So you said that you knew going in that you wanted to pursue a degree in medicine. Was that always the case? Like when, was it like a high school thing or was it in your undergrad that you decided? Yeah, so I think my initial interest in science came from a biology class I took in high school. Um, and at that point, you know, when you think of science, it's a very broad term and could have a lot of different outcomes. But uh, for me and my friends, uh, we, we were an ambitious group. So uh, I think after some research experiences we got in high school and, and talking to some of our mentors who were physicians, we decided, you know, we wanted to do both. We wanted we didn't want to be limited or anything like that. So we wanted to pursue the MD, PhD. Um, and luckily, I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to do research while I was in college, which definitely broadened my horizons of the capabilities of research. Um, so, yeah, I think I knew going in, I just didn't know uh, based on how life would uh, hit me that, you know, I wouldn't take a straight path like mm -hmm. most people. Okay. Did you know in high school, Judy, that... Yeah, I definitely knew. I think I've always known. I found a notebook that I had journaled in, I guess, in the second grade for mm -hmm. school. And in it, I had said that I was going to be a pediatrician and I was going to go to Duke University. Um, I am not at Duke University. Didn't even apply. Close enough. We're <laughs> yeah, the same. we're close enough. Yeah, yeah I'm in North Carolina. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I grew up in North Carolina. This has pretty much been home. Um, 
And so, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know when the when when the thought first came to my mind that I wanted to do medicine, mm-hmm. um, but it was definitely confirmed like throughout the years. Um, one, just the fact that I love science, I loved um, just learning about life, um, and then two, I think various um, experiences. One in particular that I remember that happened um, when I was in the eighth grade. Uh, my family's Nigerian, so we visited Nigeria, and that was my first time there. Um, and I think my eye was just opened, you know, I knew that people were poor, but I had never really been exposed to like true poverty. Um, and so just being there and seeing what I saw for some reason in my mind, I was like, you know, I want to make a difference and the way that I can make a difference is medicine. So that was like one of the, um, experiences that like sealed the deal for me, um, as far as wanting to do medicine and and go into that. So... I know that you're doing global health things, like you're in the global health track. Yeah. Um, do you see yourself incorporating that into your career? Absolutely, yeah. I, to be honest, kind of see it as my career. Okay. Um, so I definitely, I can see myself living outside of the country, um, doing global health missions work. Um, or maybe I'll, you know, stay in the country and then, you know, go back and forth. I don't know. But I know that whatever it is, I want it to be long term and I want it to be sustainable. Mm. So. So both of you have chosen paths that aren't as direct to medicine. If you could do it again, would you have chosen it this way? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, would, I would definitely have to agree. But you know, there's, there's uh, two sides to that answer. Uh-huh. Now, if you ask me would I have done it differently from my life, the answer would be no. Now, would I recommend people do it the path that I did? Uh I would say that's different based on the person I'm speaking to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not meant for everybody. Um, so in no way it's ideal for anybody pursuing of two terminal degrees. But I think that you have to um, follow where your life leads you is what I would tell anybody. Um, and if you feel like it's not the right time, don't feel like you're in a rush to do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I, I tell people all the time, don't, there's no rush. Just calm down, take a breather and take your time, you know, especially if medicine is something that you want to do, take your time um, to get there. Don't feel like you have to do it after undergrad. I think for me, um, waiting a few years before going into medicine has given me a confidence that I don't think I would have had without that. Um, Because I finished, I mean, I finished pharmacy school in five years. So if I had gone straight out of pharmacy school, I would have been, you know, just a year out of the traditional four year, like, you know, if I'd gotten a four year bachelor's. Mm. Um, And the maturity just wasn't there as far as the confidence that I had in myself to to be able to do this, I think. Um, So taking those few years off, which wasn't the plan. The plan originally was pharmacy school straight into med school. Um, but taking those few years off, I think, and, and working um, and developing myself and my confidence and my skills um, definitely played a huge role. I, I think has played a huge role in now how I'm able to approach medical school. So. What about those years and your experiences in those years added to your confidence? Um, I think being put in leadership positions that went beyond like clubs (laughs) really Um, because I worked so I worked in retail um, and so I did one year as like a what they call a staff pharmacist Um, usually in retail pharmacy especially like the big chains you'll have two pharmacists um, depending on the size of the store one pharmacist will be the pharmacy manager and then the other pharmacist is like the staff pharmacist Mm -hmm. so a staff pharmacist for for a few months about a year 
Um, and in that position, I was not in charge of the pharmacy as a whole, but I was in charge of everything that went on in the pharmacy during my shift. Um, and then after that, I became a pharmacy manager and I did that for two years. Um, and being pharmacy manager was like a whole nother, um, it was just another ball game. You look so stressed. <laughs> it, was, it was very stressful. <laughs> it was a lot, it was a lot. I learned about myself. I learned about other people. I think I learned how to manage other people and manage myself around those people. Um, and it also just helped me chill. Like I'm, I'm so chill now. I'm almost too chill in some ways, but you know, I've seen the other side of school. And so I can, I can remember that when I'm getting stressed about school, I, I remember that there is life after school, if that makes sense. No, it definitely does make sense. Hmm. Sometimes I envy you, especially when I'm doing sketchy farm. <laughs> and I'm trying to get it in my head and it's not. I'm like, I wish I had that degree like Judy has it. Um, other than that, have you seen, both of you guys, have you seen any benefits to having the other degree? Um, during the first two years, your experiences as medical students, has it added, added to who you are and added to what you can bring to the table? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I think uh, during graduate school, that really gave me the opportunity uh, to learn how to think. Uh, not only uh, think critically, but think for myself. Um, and I think that's something that I was building on in college and in the research position I had after graduating, but it wasn't until my PhD where uh, I really had to put that to the test. Um, and there were a lot of situations where I had mentors, but there are plenty more where I didn't have mentors to see me through every step of the way. Uh, so I, I became somewhat of a fighter. Um, and knowing that if I had a goal in my mind that uh, you, it's okay to reach out for help, but it's okay to um, also see it within yourself to make it to that destination by any means necessary. Mm -hmm. um, what medical school has taught me so far is how to still be able to think, but also to make a decision. And I think that's the greatest advice that one of my mentors, who is, who is a physician, told me before starting medical school. That's what MD stands for, make a decision. You don't have the time to think like you do in a PhD. I, I thought about one project for four years, you know, and you don't always have that amount of time in medicine. So it just helps me to think quicker. Okay. How about you? Yeah, I think um, I mentioned already how it just gave me a confidence that I don't think I would have had otherwise. Mm -hmm. I think another side of that is um, also a sense of self-efficacy um, in terms of the fact that I know that I can do it. Because um, I know like during pharmacy school for a majority of my time in pharmacy school, I actually wasn't, I had a lot of health problems. Um, and knowing that I could get through pharmacy school, going through what I went through, now when I feel a lot better, I feel a lot healthier, um, I'm like, there, there's, it's not a struggle. Like, you know, I, 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 have, I remind myself that if I can make it through then, I can make it through now. Um, so I think perspective. I think that sums up what going to pharmacy school did for me, is it gave me perspective that I can now look at mm -hmm. in med school. Okay. Um, did you guys have any obstacles on your way here or any obstacles unique to like your path? Well, you know, uh, briefly, you know, cause I don't want to get into all the nitty gritty, but uh, I was humbled in college. That's, that's the biggest lesson I took away from college. I, I went in very ambitious. Um, definitely had the capability but you know you have to meet capability with hard work 
and effort and focus. And I don't think those are some of the things that I had in college um, that I needed. And especially if I wanted to go on the path that I was trying to go on. So uh, experienced some of the worst academic years of my life. I, I'll never forget. I think it was the spring of my sophomore year. I had I was taking a whole bunch of classes that I probably shouldn't have taken all at the same time. And uh, you know, I failed a few classes. Um, I had never tasted failure like that in my life. And I had to, you know, have that sit down with my parents and let them know what happened. And surprisingly, you know, I thought they were going to be yelling and screaming, but it was a calm uh, reassurance that they gave me that this is not representative of who you are. Uh, you just lost your focus. Um, and I spent a lot of my time for the rest of college really trying to build my grades back up and never really got them where I needed them to be. Um, so I knew after finishing college that I wouldn't be competitive definitely for an MD, PhD program, uh, probably not even for MD or PhD program singularly. So I knew I had to take some time to readjust the vision for my life, um, the focus that I was going to put into it. I had to minimize some of the distractions. And honestly, I just had to grow up as a man. And I think it took me three years to do that. Uh, while I was living in New Orleans, I was working as a research assistant in the College of Pharmacy. And I'll, I'll say this, um, there was one singular person that kind of brought me from point A to point B on my path to where I am right now. Uh, I had a mentor in research who, who believed in me like no one else. And it wasn't just, okay, you're my research assistant. She really looked at me like her colleague. Uh, we would plan experiments. We would write grants together. Uh, we trained students together. And I, I felt a level of responsibility that I don't think I had ever before. And that really felt, uh, put me in a position to be uh, prepared going into my PhD. So I felt like I was hitting the ground running in terms of lab techniques. And uh, I soared in the PhD program. And it kind of reminded me um, of what I was capable of. So at the time, leaving college with a 2.9 GPA and then coming to the PhD, I was determined to get an A on everything. People told me graduate school grades didn't matter. Well, it mattered to me because I had to reestablish myself. Um, and I did that. Um, so I think it was it was the humbling experience of college, never forgetting that taste of failure that kind of drove me to really get to my goal, even if it was going to take a little bit longer. But it helped me to just to stay humble. Mm, I like your story about that singular person because there's always one person that helps to like change your trajectory completely. Because uh, there, there weren't those people, huh? Mm. Anyway. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I mean, for me, that person's definitely my mom. Mm -hmm. I always say, like, every big decision that I've ever made in life, she's practically made it for me, mm -hmm. <laughs> which sounds awful. But I mean, like, I mean, going to pharmacy school is my mom's idea, you know? Um, taking some time to work after pharmacy school. It was it, you know, it was a joint decision, but she definitely encouraged me in it. I, I feel like she definitely has played a huge role um, as far as like encouraging me, even like reminding me. Like mm -hmm. it was just, what, two weeks ago, I was having a breakdown and I called her and um, she's like, Judy, <laughs> you know, back, back when you, she reminded me back when I was in pharmacy school and I was really sick, there was, um, you know, I had relatives who were kind of pressuring her to pressure me to take a year off or like drop out and recoup, come back. Um, and she, you know, she like asked me about it and I told her like, no, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish this. I'm gonna see it through. You know, I started this, I'm gonna finish it. 
And um, and I, I'd forgotten that I told her that I, you know, and, and she reminded me of that. She said, Judy, do you remember what you told me in pharmacy school? I was like, no. <laughs> so I don't remember anything, <laughs> but she remembers everything. Um, so yeah, I think for me, definitely that one person has been my mother. Um, yeah. But to have those those people in our lives that, that take us places that we wouldn't have any other way, it really is good to have them. So Patrick, I didn't know that you worked in between college and your PhD. Definitely. Uh, yeah. So um, the crazy story, I was sitting in the African-American Culture Center, I think it was spring semester, senior year, just confused. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do next year, you know, but I know it's probably not going to be graduate school. Uh, then I had one of my childhood friends. She was currently working as a research uh, assistant at Xavier, and she was getting ready to go to medical school. And she was like, Patrick, you know, I got this job. Um, I'm about to leave it, you know, if you need it. Um, you're welcome to come down, see what we do in the lab, and you can meet the PI. And uh, it could be a great opportunity for you to sort things out. And I was like, well, you know, sometimes you just get a prayer answered. And so I was able to go down. Uh, I can't even really call it an interview. I had lunch with the PI, and she was like, so when do you want to start? So I actually had, you know, given the tumultuous college career that I had, I actually was able to start um, a job a week after graduating, you know, uh, and really didn't take a lot of time to breathe, but I knew that I had to get right in there. And to be honest, the first year, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. I thought that the research was pretty mundane. Uh, I didn't really see eye to eye with my, uh, my research investigator. She was, she was smart, but she didn't really know how to work with people. And honestly, at that point, uh, by the end of that year, I was like, I'm done with science. Um, I started thinking of business ideas. I studied for the GMAT. I was I was head first. I had like a whole business plan. And then I brought it to my dad and he was like, um, but you don't have any money. So <laughs> it's hard to start a business, no money. Um, and we had a real talk because he had to kind of shake me back. He said, I understand you're going through a period of your life where you're trying to figure things out. Um, but never forget what your dreams were. Um, and I know, you know, you haven't really prepared yourself at this point uh, to get to where you're trying to go, but there's a way, you know, so you need to find that way. You need to put your head down and you need to do it. So I was like, all right, you may be onto something. But I, at that point, I, I, I had my business plan, but I, I kind of put that to the side. And I think it was within that week that I met a new research mentor because the one I originally worked with, she she was done with science and she ended up leaving the field, actually. Um, so, um, luckily she was able to recommend me to someone else within the department and that lady ended up changing my life. So, uh, you see the timing of things is like, it's not a coincidence. At the very time I was about to leave science for good, someone kind of reintroduced me and reminded me how I could be great. And she not only reminded me of that, but she showed me how, um, and I'll never forget that. Um, and she knew, she knew that I was interested in both medicine and, 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 uh, science and research uh, she pushed me towards the research side, but I told her, you know, I'm going to put myself in a position to where if after the PhD I want to pursue medicine, I can do that, mm -hmm. um, and which is what I did. So, yeah, it, it was it was a very uh, tough journey. I like how your story brought out two people, one person who helped encourage you and then the other person who kind of discouraged you towards science. How do you guys suggest dealing with those? Because I did research and I feel like what pushed me away from that path was because I dealt with very difficult personalities. 
What would you suggest to someone who is dealing with someone who is difficult? How do you distinguish between the actual field and the person you're dealing with? How do you separate those two? I feel like there has to be in a lot of ways. I'll start with this. You have to know yourself. Um, and I think you have to know what your buttons are as far as what what can influence you to make certain decisions. So for example, some people might be more swayed than other people by people. If, if Sorry, that was, that was roundabout. But um, so if you know that you're one of those people, then you kind of have to be a little bit more intentional as far as sitting down and deciding what do I want? You know, what is it that this naysayer or this difficult personality is what are they pushing me towards or away from? And then just sit down and, and look at it and say, okay, is it because, you know, am I, am I questioning this field because of this person or am I questioning it because of the field itself? And I think it just requires a lot of intentionality and in separating those two entities um, mentally. Um, so. Yeah, you know, I don't really know how to answer that specifically because I feel like um, in some situations, if that is your first time really encountering research, that may be the end of it. <laughs> you know, I had a fortunate situation where I was able to continue on that path, but a lot of people don't, and I and I get it. Um, but what I would say is that uh, sometimes, just in general, when you face um, adversity, uh, you have to um, maintain a positive attitude. And what I mean by that is that even within a difficult situation, what am I supposed to be learning from this? Even if it's the skill set of dealing with a difficult person. Okay, I've gained that. And I know that sounds uh, somewhat idealistic because when you're going through a challenging time, it's not always easy to see that. But I think that with the perspective I've had through different experiences, I realized that even in the worst situations professionally and personally, I was still learning. I was still growing from that. And I think it's over time that you get to realize like, okay, you're just another roadblock. I, I can get around you. I just have to learn how to navigate. Yeah. I definitely think too, though, that everything in life happens for a reason. Like there's, there's always, I feel like a purpose behind things that happen and people that you encounter. So, you know, like Patrick said, sometimes that one person, that's it. That's what pushes you away from something. But for everything that you might be pushed away from, I feel like you're pushed towards something else or pulled towards something else. Um, so another thing is like, even now in med school, like one of the things that, I mean, cause we're all at the stage where we're kind of thinking about what kind of fields we might want to go into. Um, and one of the things that I've heard a good number of doctors and, you know, upperclassmen kind of say is that you don't, it, and this is obviously specifically for med school, but I think it can apply to other fields too, is, you know, you might love a field, but are you going to like the people that you're going to be working with in this field? You know, if certain fields tend to lend themselves towards certain personalities, what does that look like for you? Um, like me, I said before, I'm super chill. I am type B. Like, I, I'm, I'm so type B, it's, it's concerning sometimes. Um, <laughs> and and in, in this field, you know, what we do, most people tend to be type A people. Um, and so for me, it's like knowing myself and knowing that I don't need to kind of jump on the rat race and, and do everything else that everyone is doing. Um, cause I think that that's a pressure that I've put on myself. 
Um, but let's say, you know, in, in the course of maybe going through pharmacy school or in the course of whatever I did, I realized that like, I can't work with type A people. I can't, I can't do this. Then maybe I would have stopped and like gone into music, which is like my other thing. So, you know what I mean? So I think it's, like I said before, I think it, it really is knowing yourself and, and, um, knowing the people that you're going to be around and knowing whether you, you're able to work with them. It's all very true. Um, how do you guys see your future career and using your two degrees? How do you see yourself using your two degrees in your future career? <laughs> mm. <laughs> I see how you could do it with global health. I yeah, I mean and period. And in period. Honestly. I think I think one of the things that I kind of think about is maybe I'm not gonna be I'm currently I'm keeping my license active. I'm gonna keep it active as long as I can. It's a lot easier to just continue to renew it than it is to reinstate it after, after it's lapsed. Will I ever work as a pharmacist again? Probably not. Um, <laughs> I sometimes joke I'm trying to get away from it. <laughs> so like, I don't really know. But, but I think that one thing that I will pull from it is like we talked about, just the lessons that I've learned from it and how I've grown as a person because of it, whether it's because of the academic study of pharmacy or it's the people that I met when I was in pharmacy school or the confidence that it gave me. Um, so in that sense, it will always be with me. Um, and then obviously having the drug knowledge is, is really helpful. I think it'll help me in my clinical reasoning. Um, as far as just making sure that that's something that I'm always thinking about is just drugs and how those can affect um, someone's pre presentation, essentially. So, yeah, but I don't think I, I don't think I'll work in it, um, and I don't think I even will necessarily go into a field that's like drug heavy. You know, like anesthesiology. Some people have you know said, oh, like you're a pharmacist, like you can do anesthesiology, and I'm like, no. That's like, I don't want to be a pharmacist, so I don't want to do all this drug-heavy stuff. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I definitely want to be able to use some of the things I learned in my PhD um, moving forward in my career. I think uh, since I did get a PhD in biomedical sciences, the whole point of that is to solve issues related to health and medicine. Um, so I feel like being in medicine will get me closer to the problems that we have, um, help me to ask better questions about um, ways or things that need to be addressed. Um, and one thing that really stuck out to me while I was in my PhD was uh, the disparities that are seen in healthcare across multiple disease states um, and the lack of participation of minorities in, in clinical trials. Um, so those are two uh, issues that need to be addressed. And, um, getting minorities in clinical research will help to address the disparities. So I, I think that will always be a focal point of whatever I do in my career. Um, but there's so many different ways to tackle that. And it may not be just through medicine or research. A lot of it has to do with mentoring, being an example, and just um, really sharing your story. So I thought it was very important when you asked me to come here to do this, because if nothing else, if someone can hear the story um, and figure out some own things in their life, uh, you know, that's doing the work. Well, I, I think uh, I was, based on the research that I did uh, for my PhD, which was cancer-related, I knew I wanted to do something uh, tied to oncology, um, and I think that's still a goal of mine. Um, but there's so many things I don't know, so it's not that I don't think I'm still interested in going the oncology route, mm -hmm. uh, but I don't even know how I'm going to use my ta talents within that. 
because uh, there's so many different ways you can reach out to communities, um, whether it be in a hospital setting or going directly to them. Um, and I think maybe, you know, there may be an opportunity to uh, change the way we even deliver medicine um, within the realm of oncology or within the realm of any field. Um, so I, I think I just want to be a part of the innovative side of medicine. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with um, delivering medicine where people are. I think that's going to be a big part of the future. Okay. Yeah, I think for me, my biggest focus is remembering why I'm here. And why I'm here is to do, to become a doctor so that I can do missions work. Um, so whatever that looks like, that's where I want to be. I think that I am a generalist at heart, even though I want to be a specialist, but um, I can definitely see myself doing internal medicine. Um, and then if I were to specialize in something, maybe I would do GI, um, the you know gastroenterology. Um, just, I think it's very interesting. Um, and I can see it being very useful on the missions field. So like number one is gonna be global health. Mm-hmm. ultimately and then whatever field um will be most useful in that um is what I want to go to and something that I've been learning recently is is that you don't have to be a generalist to go into global health there are a lot of mm-hmm. you know even very specialized specialties that are needed abroad um or in just under-resourced places even in the U.S. Mm-hmm. so I also don't want to be limited in my thinking of you know trying to put global health in a box and only do something because that's what global health needs, yeah. you know? So, I don't know, I'm open. I definitely <laughs> heard a story recently of a neurosurgeon who takes like three months of his year and he goes to Nigeria and he practices there. So I definitely think any fields, I think when we did our SNMA panel, they were like, whatever yeah. anyone needs, people that are underserved need. So they need that too, yeah. Something to think about. For sure. Um, but thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode. Thanks for having us. One final question. Do you guys, I know you guys have dropped a lot of gems, but do you guys have a final piece of advice for non-traditional students pursuing medicine? Um, I know it's a popular phrase now, but I trust the process. Um, there is not one path to the end. That's also a cliche phrase. Let's see if I have any more in me. Uh, <laughs> believe in yourself. <laughs> I'm just playing. But honestly, uh, stay persistent. Um, it's, it's, this is not a race of the most intelligent or the most perfect records. It's a race of who is who believes in their dream and who's willing to work hard, work the hardest to get there. Yeah, I would definitely say work hard, but also be kind to yourself. You know, don't beat yourself up or be mad at yourself for maybe past mistakes or things that you know you shoulda, woulda, coulda, but didn't do. You know, those that's in the past. If you can learn from your mistakes, then learn from them and, and move on and just, you know, we always talk about this being a race. It is a race, but it's a marathon. So it's, you know, take your time, don't rush. Just. Be kind, be kind to yourself. I agree with that. Guys, please be kind to yourselves. Not everybody's journey is the same, but everybody's journey is unique to them and provides them with the skills that they need, the development that they need for their next stage of life. So on that note, this is my last episode of the season. Thank you guys so much for joining us and riding with us throughout this season. And Tammy's episode is next 
next, <laughs> next, next Friday, two Fridays from now. So please tune in for that. Um, and as always, follow us on Instagram at the Med Locket. Thanks, guys. Bye.